Hey guys, welcome to the Afterlife. I'm 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 video this one. I'm videoing this one for some obscure reason. Oh, we may it. never even air this. Who knows? Depending on the conversation. I have goes. good posture. Um, Tommy is wearing a mask today. Tommy, you've been here since the quarantine. No, I know. This is more a visual representation of how I will be standing <laughs> on the issues. Okay. Well, we. What if we don't do the visual? Can you take the mask off? Yeah. I mean, I'll just take the. We're mask We're six going. feet apart, ish. Yeah, that's true. Five and a half. I don't know what you've been doing with these mics. When you haven't been using them? I, they've just been sitting. It, look, if there's coronavirus in the mics, it's been in that thing for a month now, unused. So, <laughs> Oh, a plastic crate. doesn't stay that long. You're fine. I just promise. like they use in uh, hospitals to I'll keep tell you things what, clean. I tell you what, if you, <laughs> if you get coronavirus, I'll pay for your hospital bills. How's that? All right. But it has ha to be half a million dollars <laughs> if I don't have insurance. <laughs> really? No, shut up. Oh, my God. You have insurance, though, right? For three months, I do. Oh, boy. All right, it's a good time to get it now, then. Uh-huh. And also, sure. you're fucking 24, Tommy. You'll be I'm fine. 25, but... You turned 25? I turned 26 in September, and that's when I lose it. Oh, shit. Uh-huh. Oh, what, you're on your parents' health care? Yeah. Oh, Until 26. Yeah, I remember that. Thank you, Obama. <laughs> um. Anyway, man, it's been a month since we've talked. The world is in chaos. Everybody is always asking me, like, how you doing? And I'll be like, I mean, I'm fine, but <laughs> things are clearly bad. <laughs> but the world is bad. Things are bad. Let's lead with that. Things are bad. I'm fine. Things are bad. Things are bad. Okay, so <laughs> why do you think things are bad? Because I also have a different idea, which is this. When you get a facial, right, okay. all your blackheads get flushed to the surface so you can pick them out so this shit existed already it's not like it didn't exist it existed in a much more covert and subtle form and now it's all out and so i think you, that's good you see 2020 as skin exfoliation yeah i We're mean microdermabrasion right now i think if we get results from things like the black lives matter protests yeah. absolutely a good thing that would be awesome well, to get political progress we haven't gotten much other than people leaving their jobs as cartoons. But that's something. Barely. No one asked for that. Oh, you mean like Jenny Slate, like losing her? But also or, all the Simpsons characters are going to be Allison voiced by. Allison Brie leaving. No, 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 no. Not leaving. Bojack Horseman is over. Yeah. Right? She apologized for playing a character in a show that's already over. Was and she a cat or something? No, she's supposedly an Asian character. I barely even knew that. But was it an Asian cat? No, it's a human. But oh, it's a show full of animals. Yeah. So and she's not giving any of the money back. She's just like, whoopsie. Oh, why yeah. are you chiming in? Because it's called virtue signaling, Tommy. You got to let people <sighs> know how moral you are. I know the show's over, but I'm so sorry. Yeah. I don't remember anyone Bojack, Hasman that, uh, Bojack Horseman that wasn't an animal. The two characters. They weren't animals. And they were just Allison Brie was one of them. And she played an Asian. Supposedly, but you didn't even know she was Asian. I think she was like Thai or something. Ah, but I don't. Maybe I think it was one of the storylines that she was Asian, but it was not a prominent part. Okay, so the move for her would have been to donate her money to some sort of anti defamation league fund or something like that, so that at least right. there was some fucking weight behind her statement. And I think that the protests and everything are primarily focused at, uh, I mean, I guess racism across the board for sure. Uh huh. Representation is important. I think that's good that Hollywood is addressing that. But also, you know, hold police officers accountable. That's the main thing.
thing. And I mean, I guess there's just not going to be much progress on that with the current political administration. I don't know what's going on. I don't want to get too deep in the political rabbit hole with you. I know right, that's where sorry. you live. You live in the rabbit hole right now. Politically. I mean, the ra- I've had nothing to keep my eyes and ears off of it. So I've yeah. just been devoured by politics yes. in my private life. Yes. I'm just sitting on the computer, seeping, stewing in yes. all of the wrongs that capitalism has caused. <laughs> Oh my God! So it's, it's all capitalism. All capitalism. Oh, that's you know what? You should coin that capitalism. Capitalism. It's all connected. Yeah. It kind of is connected because the military-industrial complex and police in America are linked to capitalism, mm-hmm. and it's bad. The police in America are the government thugs protecting the status quo of the one percent, who, without a an operating army on the ground, would be overrun by the will of the people. Oh, my God. Okay, first sorry, of all, my sorry. brother is a cop. Yeah. So I have very different belief systems about cops. I think cops in general go, in, go into – I don't think a lot of police officers are like, hey, man, I'm a white supremacist, so let me get that badge. I'm not saying that doesn't exist. Probably only 20% are like that. 20%? <laughs> I think that's a very high number. I'm saying it's not as high as you think. I think if it's 5%, it's too high. I agree. If it's 1%, it's too high. But then 1% is in everything. 1% – shitholes are fucking everywhere in the world i'll give you a 0.5 percent <laughs> white supremacists in the uh, cops i think that's being generous i just don't know how many I, the whole white supremacist thing like how many people can be white supremacists if they watch sports i mean just seriously that may sound like a joke but it's also kind of like what do we what are we supreme at what are we, white people better at then like what is the thing that we're saying that we're better at it's not the claim, like the white supremacist as it currently exists, is not a claim that white people are better at sports. It is an active desire to be separate from minorities and to live in their own ethno state. Yes. Right? They want to have Ohio be only white people. Like, they are almost admitting that black people are better at things, and they're saying, I don't want to deal with that. Just yes. give me my own little cornfield where I can play basketball and beat up on other white people, yes. and then I'll be happy. Yes. And they are taking these politics, and they are infiltrating things like the Trump administration, and they are enacting policies like locking up Latino kids who are crossing the border. Yes, got it. So, <laughs> now the villages, right? Oh, I love those videos. The video where they had the, the guy in the golf cart saying white power and shit. Crazy. Let me tell you something. I've spent a lot of time in the villages. I've never been. Because my ex-girlfriend's parents live there. Ah. Now, my ex-girlfriend's Jewish. Mm-hmm. Her mom's Jewish. Her dad converted to Judaism. They're both very liberal. Uh, and they f- and there was at one point there was a mandate that they had to put um, Christmas trees on their lawn. In the villages. Crazy. And she was like, I'm not going to fucking put a Christmas tree because I'm Jewish. Yeah. And there's a whole thing about it and whatever. Now, I've met a lot. I've been to the villages. I've met it. It is a very surreal place. Mm. It is a little bit like Disneyland for white people, for white old white people. Okay. Literally, the person who made the villages is the same person who designed Disney World. Interesting. There's like a frontier town. There's like different town squares. Everyone has their golf carts. They're souped up. There's something about that's very intoxicating and very fun, right? Sure. And it is 99% white, for sure. All right. right. And that leads to things like mandating Christmas trees. Sure. And it's weird because you meet these people, and you don't get a sense that they're terrible people, and they're not like, hey, can we talk about 
black people. You know, there's no, there's just this weird feeling that exists when Unless you're you there. drive around with a Joe Biden sign on your golf cart, then you're going to have problems. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know. I don't know how, how crazy it is. I, I will say this about, in general, rural America, uh-huh. right? Rednecks, which sure. we're both like one generation removed from rednecks probably, right? Grew up amongst them you know i have i have family and and trailer i have family and uh in prison right now so i'm i'm a f- have a, a a white trash adjacent sort of sure. upbringing there's a lot of good people amongst them who are perhaps misinformed about politics yes and there's also <laughs> okay there's also a lot of like good rednecks that like talk like this who actually like are not racist but sure. you will not actually believe that or hear that if you're a coastal elite you're not going to look at someone goes talks like this you're just going to immediately assume the 100 percent of them are racist assuming someone's politics based on the way they speak is wrong for sure but it's what we do it's (laughs) what everyone in la does and i just think you know so as i just i just got back from traveling across america for three and a half weeks Mm -hmm. and rural america like i went a lot of hiking a lot of national parks and when you're in a national park and you see a black person it's like because it's so rare you know, okay, sure. It's also cool. It's like, oh, great. I'm glad yeah. that there's this black family hiking in the park. It, like, makes me feel good. Right. That it doesn't feel like this monolithic <laughs> white culture. For sure. Um, I think that in ge- my belief is that in general, most people aren't fostering racist ideals. I think a lot of people can be woken up to what they're doing that is implicitly racist. A lot of people can be woken up to their bias. But I, I think it's a very, very small percent of people who are walking around going... Oh, these black people. Oh, I gotta keep them down. I just don't think that's something that a lot of people think about. A lot of I white people don't think, think about. many people in 2020 are actively anti-black, right? Yes. In in a way where they would be like yelling slurs. I mean, there's a lot of videos on the internet right now of people doing just that because that does still exist. But I don't think most people are going out of their way to harass black people but i do think that there is a lot of passive racism there is a lot of racism that we don't see and it comes in things like inherent bias maybe when you're like at a job interview or systemic racism in the way black people are being policed yes yeah i get that and that's you know look we could talk all day about that obviously that is the battle of today Racism. Well, I mean, you know, W.E.D. Du Bois. W.E. Du Bois said that the problem with the 21st century is a problem with the color line, right? That was that was he said the prop racism was basically the the 20th century is defined by that and how to, how to deal with the color line. And the I 21st do, or the 20th? He said the 20th when he wrote this. Mm, okay. But I do think that I watched the the documentary Netflix L.A. 92 about the L.A. riots in 92, mm-hmm. and I was encouraged watching that because if you put that against the current protests slash riots, however you want to say it, um, I think it's pretty clear that there's a real difference in how people are approaching this Hmm. in terms of allies, right? There's a lot more allies now. In 92, it was black versus white. Not only was it black, it was black versus white and Asian. Right. Because preceding the Rodney King thing, there was an Asian woman, I don't know if you remember this, who shot a, a black teenager in the back of her head at her grocery store because she thought the black girl was stealing something, right? I remember hearing about um, the Korean snipers on top of their shops who had, like, guns and assault rifles yeah. during the 92 L.A. Protests. But you should watch that because in, in the documentary, when the the cops got off for what they did to Rodney King, right. um, 
they just as a, it's all primary footage of what was happening that day and what's up and uh <laughs> there was just a lot of black people like, oh shit he's like buddha white crackers and buddhas are going down mm. let's go i'm gonna fuck up some white people today it was across the board a lot of people in south central were like the mission and the mandate was to fuck up white people. I don't think that was really the mission and mandate for most people involved. I think it was like the system's fucked and they were really open to white allies. There were no white allies during LA-92. So I mean, there's a difference. A lot has happened in 20 years. Yes. So it's better, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think it's good that all this stuff is, like I said, like a microdermabrasion. It's all being flushed to the surface. It's being like exposed and rooted out. And I think that's great. I also think that... Uh a lot of that is the result of technology, camera oh, phones, of the internet, you know? Yeah, because, and this is a, a tough thing to say, but I'm going to fucking say it. It's not like pr- police brutality has gotten worse. As a matter of fact, I think it's pretty easy to say it's gotten better. For but sure. we see it a lot more now. It's much easier to record because the idea that police, like in the 70s, Imagine what cops were doing in the 70s before Horrible. fucking self or no 80s accountability. or 90s. I'm sure it was fucking like. And they didn't even have to worry about getting recorded. Nothing. Yeah. Or even if someone complained, like, what are you going to do? I'm sure there was a lot of what the fuck are you going to do, N-word. I'm sure that was like. Oh, easy. You know. Even in the 90s. For sure. So I think that things are I getting mean, better in top Did you of see North Carolina, my home state, the tape of the cop saying, I can't wait till it's a full-blown race war so we can just start killing these N-words. What? In North Carolina in 2020. When? On the cop radio. Holy shit. Yeah, dude. And that's just like not that uncommon. Yeah. Even in today, you know? Yes. But I will say this. It was more common 20 years ago. It had to of be. Of course. Way more common 20 years ago. But And the fact this cop, I'm sure, yeah. is fired. Yeah. I'm sure he's maybe going to be charged. Who knows? I mean, he's not going to get charged with anything. Yeah, I guess what can he be charged with? Um. But, yeah, so the good thing is that there is accountability, and these people who are pieces of shit are getting fired. Right. Right, and back in the day, there wasn't. So things are— Some of, some of them are getting fired. <laughs> yeah, some are not. Two of the cops who killed Breonna Taylor still haven't even been fired. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't researched that enough. It sounds like an awful mistake. I don't know how much it was. It's also hard to look at these things and go, you don't want to say, well, that's not racist because you don't know. It's easier to say that's racist because that's what it looks like. But at the same time, like, I don't know what the – I may know that they showed up to the wrong address and the guy shot at them and they killed this woman. Right. So that's another one of these examples of is like I think a lot of people look at it and they, act, they ask the question, is that actively racist? Yeah. And it may or may not be. Yeah. But you got to ask, is that passively, passively racist? racist? Is that systemically racist, right? Yeah. If they went into a white neighborhood, would they just – no knock barge in and start shooting yes they probably would not yes and if they did that to a white family would there be consequences there yes. probably would be yes so that is the battle i get that yeah i completely get that and i completely agree and so i again this is all very good that yeah. it's coming out right mm-hmm. it's and i think that instead of people looking at it like the end of the world is happening and that the sky is falling we're chicken little and everything's tits up in a ditch i think people look like hey man like bad shit is being exposed for the first time and right. I think it's great that all Confederate monuments are coming down. I think it's great that schools and names of, like Woodrow Wilson, Princeton, where I went. Mm-hmm. Woody Woo. That's changed, they're changed their name because Woodrow Wilson was a fucking piece of shit. He was a horribly racist man. I didn't even know I, that about Yeah, and I think that's dub, fucking, dub. I think that's great. And I remember when the Teddy Roosevelt uh, statue, and again, this is where you go, anything you listen to, it depends on 
they're going to have a bias and point of view, whether it's sure. liberal or right wing. So when I first heard about the Teddy Roosevelt statue being taken, I was like, oh, come on, man. Like Teddy Roosevelt, Rob Williams, the night of the museum. How bad can it be? I like Teddy Roosevelt. I don't know that much about yeah. him. And, you know, maybe he was a colonialist, but at the same time, like everyone was a colonialist back then. So, but then you look at the statue and you're like, oh, I get it. Because it's him on top of a horse, and to his right is like a native, like a naked Indian, yeah. Native American, and to his left is like a naked slave, and he's like on his horse, like above them, and it's a pretty fucking demeaning. Sure. So I was like, I was like, oh my god, I can't. And I saw a statue. I was like, okay, that's fair. Right. So I think a lot of that's going on too. I mean, the Abe Lincoln statue is is interesting because which Abe Lincoln statue? The, it, like the Lincoln Monument or no, a no, statue no. Of it's Abe a statue where he is. Uh, it's about the Emancipation Proclamation, and he is in the statue. He is freeing a slave. I think I and have. And the slave seen that is one. on his knees, and it does look like the slave is in a subservient position to Lincoln. He's like right. sort of deigning his freedom, yeah. but at the same time, it was paid for by slaves. And it's and should it be taken down or removed? I don't know. I, I mean, I think the historical context is important. I also don't know or don't care about the statues that much. Yeah, I think especially statues of confederate generals should be taken the fuck down yes and especially the confederate flag oh, should be sure. removed from government buildings for the love of god and it is though it is now yes the mississippi flag had a confederate flag and they're just now taking it out i know but in the, the lincoln statue <laughs> i don't know you know what in I mean? the defense of the mississippi thing like they looked at it and they are probably like you said passive racism and now they're looking they're like Okay, I think there's a lot of people who are like, uh, that's fair. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? which is good. Which is good. They're like, ah, uh, like, it's just the idea that if you're black in Mississippi, you got to wake up every day and drive past buildings and remember that I a lot of people still don't that. want you there. That's what that flag says. Yes, yes. And my hometown has a ton of Confederate flags. Yes. I had friends who had uh, Confederate flags in their garage. Yes. And it didn't mean that to us. Of course. When I was growing up, but looking back at it in context, you're like, like oh. I'm sure like we had black people over at that garage and that probably made them uncomfortable. Yeah, or maybe they were, had similar feelings too that they just didn't at that time didn't ascribe racism to it because it was just it was a symbol of the south for the longest. I was in Virginia. Right. People had kind of, it was just a symbol of the south. No one's like had their confederate flag was like, "You know what this means?" It I was just sort a lot of, of people ignorance. are desensitized to it. Yeah. And a lot of people, especially when we were kids, like 12, 14. The Dukes of Hazard, Right, General, the Dukes of Hazzard. I, I loved that fucking movie when it came out. And the car with the Confederate flag on the top? I don't Remember know. Remember that? It's, right. it's wild. So here, here's the thing that I... Now, this is going to be a hard left turn here. Mm -hmm. Because what we're talking is about, we're talking about very complex issues. And one of the things I always argue is that in anything that exists, it's always a multivariant answer. Mm -hmm. And people, particularly if you look at Twitter and social media, everything's like... This is right. This is wrong. Blah blah blah. And there's no, there's no. Everything's a left or a right turn. There's no like. And okay, a lot of people are posting things for clout and don't have a full understanding of what they're even saying. Yes, it's the easiest thing in the world to get on Twitter and post something that plays to the most leftist I mean, ideals. And I'm get just trying celebrated. to have a banging tweet half the time. Right? I know. I'm playing the game, baby. I know. I know. So, and this kind of brings up what's been happening in the comedy community, which is something I want to talk about. Which. You know, I was gone, and the comedy community exists a certain way, and I come back, and it's completely been changed. And again, I think it's probably a good thing, and I want to talk about it. Um, and obviously, yes, there's a couple upstairs who loves to fight. Um, so, uh, and obviously, 
It started with Chris D'Elia, right? And um, yeah, that's I a know. big one. Everyone kind of goes. It's a really, it's a really tricky thing, and I kind of want to, I kind of want to talk about it in sort of like a memento style fashion. I kind of want to go kind of backwards before we get to the like the the biggest claim of it. Um, I used to be close with Chris. Uh, I used to open for Chris mm. back in the day. Like, uh, how, what's back in the day? How many years ago? I think the last time was probably like six years ago, maybe mm. six or five years ago. Sure, sure. Um, and this is something I'll say, and I'll even go back a little bit further. One of the first big comedy gigs I got was at HBO Comedy Festival in Vegas, and I flew in a private plane with Bob Saget and Jamie King to Vegas, and I was like, this is so cool, and I'm like a young comic, I'm a blah, 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 and it was Bob Saget and all these married men, and they were all talking about getting prostitutes, hmm. and, it, and I just remember going like, what the fuck, like, what? they're married why would they get like or like women that they're having affairs with in vegas and i was in this and just being there you kind of feel like people assume you're complicit or you're cool with it because like hey we're dudes you know we're fucking we're getting prostitutes in vegas and, and i mean the- also there's like the power dynamic of like these are famous established like these this are is producers. your first fucking and they talked gig. about like it was like they were talking about barbecue girls right and right? i mean they're they know you ain't gonna say shit about it. Yeah, they could snap their fingers and get you kicked off. The now plane. the funny thing is, is that I didn't say shit about it. I wrote a blog about it, and I didn't name names. I thought it was anonymous, and this is like 2006 hmm. or pre pre Google. It was like still like Ask Jeeves year or something. Sure. And little did I know that Bob Saget ha- found out about it okay. and tried to get me banned from all of LA comedy. Damn. Yeah. And meanwhile, Damn. I wasn't incriminating him. I was saying that these people. And it just became a big fucking deal. And I get it now. So, so A, men are trash, number one. Right. <laughs> right. I mean. Now, here's the other thing I want to talk about. Yeah. The, com- <laughs> the, com- like the comedy world in general with men and how what's being worshipped or, or put on pedestal or what's being kind of respected and revered. Um, for some reason, when I opened with Chris and I was friends with Chris, he always told me that he was a very monogamous, faithful guy, right? Mm-hmm. And then I would go out to parties, and people say, where do you work? Oh, we're at Laugh Factory. Oh, you know this guy named Chris D'Elia? He, he's, he's, he's fucking my roommate. I'm like, oh, your roommate's Jessica. She's like, no, my roommate's Susan. What are you talking? I'm like, uh, you know. Right. So I kept finding situations where Chris was sleeping around, sleeping around, and I got to know him a little bit. Um, I mean, he's kind of a legendary playboy, even pre So this is the thing that I want to talk about, which is weird, because, like, and I know at first he didn't want, and we actually had a bit of a problem with it because when I opened for him, I didn't want to go and get women for him. Yeah. I'm not that guy, you know what I mean? I mean, is that something that you were being tasked with? It just, it was like an implicit kind of thing that openers do for headliners in general. Certain headliners, Find your hot job girls, you go is to go get hot, go, I mean, I, I'm going to, I heard this story about a huge headliner comic where he'd work at theaters and then his opener would go downstairs mm-hmm. take a picture of the girl say hey you want to meet blah 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 sure take a picture s- send it up to his hotel room and then send the girl up to his hotel room wow daniel tosh but here's my point <laughs> i don't think like <laughs> now is that creepy of course it's creepy is it also was it part of the game for a lot of headliners of course it was now here's a problem with comics in general right mm-hmm. you look at rock stars <laughs> yeah or nba players Let's mm-hmm. put them on the same kind of pantheon of infidelity and cheating and just 
massive amounts of, of sleeping around. Men with fame and power. Men with fame and power in, in, in a way where they are put out in such a way. It's not just fame and power because I think it's different for producers and directors. Similar, but a little, also a little bit different. I think when I you're... I mean, they're also like uh, performers to some extent. So they're probably like good looking, charismatic yeah, types. Yeah, so they're like sex symbols. And, I mean, right. they, you Women know... want to have sex with them. It was like Robin said. He goes, 50% of NBA is sex. Mm. They're all, he goes, we're all fucking... Everyone in the NBA is fucking cheating on their wives. It's just part of the deal. And everyone's like, how dare you? And they're like, Dennis, don't say shit. But and I think that's true with just a lot of... You're traveling all the time. Yeah. You're, you're, you're a high testosterone man. You're, you know... So Getting all this free poontang flying your way. Then you have so you have athletes who are people who have incredible athletic ability, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have rock stars and performers who are people who have a, a real talent for singing, which is a true talent, right? right? Usually or instruments. A true talent, yes. Right. Now comedy is a slightly different thing. To be okay. a comic, all you have to do really is just to fucking work at doing comedy. I'm not saying everyone can be a famous comic, but I'm saying it doesn't. Requi- all it requires to be a comic is something in your childhood went wrong. <laughs> so now we have this perfect storm of people who are overgrown man children, who have yes. this quasi talent, who get subjected to, subjected to the same amount of fame and popularity as rock stars and athletes, right? It and they're is... already damaged people. Yeah, I would. We, there's so much nonsense coming out about. Uh, comics in general and it kind of sometimes feels like whoa this is a disproportionate number of yes. comedians up to some tomfoolery <laughs> I don't know yes. why I'm using these words <laughs> it's fucked up shit you're old fashioned Tommy you know hey hey <laughs> crossing the line but comedy itself is this kind of very id based mm-hmm. very kind of like animalistic acting inappropriately intentionally and a lot of these people, as part of their creative process, let go of second-guessing their actions. Yes. Like, I mean, especially people who do a lot of riffing and stuff. They're kind of, they're up there. They're kind of like, they're just like, I'm going to go. I just go. Like, yes. Let the horse out of the fucking stable. Yes. Act like a wild person for everyone's entertainment. And then they get rewarded and rewarded and rewarded for that. Yes. And here's here's yeah. where I'm gonna draw a line between uh, comics and rock stars and basketball players or athletes. Mm-hmm. A basketball player is done with his his game. Maybe they have another game tomorrow. There's in general a sense of they have to keep their body finely tuned, and they have to. There's some sort of self preservation uh, physically and mentally that you need to keep, right? right? Whether you cheat or not, it's not as as profligate and flagrant, right? Rock stars, they have a show the next day. They got to keep their voice. Maybe they got to to perform. So there's, but to be a comic, all you got to do when you're on the road is just talk for 40 minutes a fucking night or 80 minutes a night. And half the time, the more of a degenerate you are, the more material you get. (laughs) I mean, that's just kind of the name of the game. It's, yeah. So, so you have a situation where flandering and cheating isn't doesn't detract from if your art. If anything, it's beneficial. Art. Yes, right? Yeah. And so you think everything that you do that involves flandering and cheating is just fuels your art, and you get stories for about, oh, this woman yeah. did this, and blah, blah, blah. Crazy okay. stories is happening. So, it's, so you have that, and now you have, let's look at someone like Chris D'Elia, right? Mm-hmm. So he's six foot two. He's rich, he's famous, he's good looking, and he's funny. 
me, who is older, fatter, mm-hmm. shorter, poor, not famous, I get my DMs are are fucking full of women looking to fuck. <laughs> and men. Probably my best, most mostly men. <laughs> and I've had a lot of guys like people like either come on to me or say shitty things. Uh and I'll respond either I'll respond in kind like, hey, so, like the other day, I think I told you this. Someone wrote, hey, blah, 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 nice ass. And I was like, oh, thank you, like with a smiley face and a heart. Mm-hmm. And then she wrote, I, my dream is to be a comic and an actor. I said, well, you should take a class. And she goes, well, I'm 11. Now, 11 years, 11 old? years old. All right. So now she obviously. She says nice ass? That's, that was opening salvo was nice ass. Weird. Right? So I kind of go, so then I go. I should delete this conversation, block this person right away. But then yeah. I go, well, what is my obligation as a human being? Right. Is it to be shitty to this person, block them? Not Nothing was shitty. wrong. Yeah. So I didn't respond after that, after she said I'm 11. Mm-hmm. I just didn't respond. Um, I've had a lot of guys who were like, hey, man, you're a fucking piece of shit. Duh, duh. And I was like, you really? You want to say it to my face? I'll choke you the fuck out. <laughs> like, Fine, I'm 14. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> God damn. So there's yeah. a lot of sh- there's The age shit is very tricky on social media because you don't know. And when people go, well, you know what an underage girl looks like. No, because in in that uh, new show, Valley Girl, mm-hmm. which is pretty funny, I actually liked it. But the girl who plays the lead, and she's she plays a 17-year-old yeah. lead in the movie, she's 32 in real life. L.A. is a town based on Jesus people disguising their age. Every Netflix show, <laughs> Sex Education, that we talked about before, mm-hmm. is people in their early 20s playing 16, 17 years old, right? So... In order to have the conversation about Chris D'Elia, we have to accept two two ideas, right? We have to accept the possibility that he didn't know. If you don't accept the possibility that he didn't know, then there's no conversation to be had, right? Mm-hmm. If like it's it's impossible he didn't know, then what can we talk about? I think it's case by case. Yeah. In some of the screenshots, DMs I saw, he was explicitly told that they were underage. And then what did he do after? Uh, in the one that I saw, he kept talking to them, and then... It was almost like he remembered that they were underage and he cut it off. Yeah. And then in other ones, it seemed like he, with even the slightest bit of investigation, could have discovered, like, some of these people had high school in their (laughs) Instagram bio or, like, a cheerleading photo or something that is pretty indicative of being less than 18. Yes. And here's what I'm going to say, and I, again, it's not like I want to defend Chris, because I think that, I think if we're talking about, does Chris D'Elia need help? Yes. Do I think it's for pedophilia? No. Okay? I don't think, I think it's pretty clear that he is not a pedophile, and also the definition of pedophile is something that's been sort of thrown out the window. He's not going for prepubescent or prepubescent girls. He's going for girls that, I truly believe, having toured with Chris and having no Chris, he thinks they're of age, and when they say they're not, he taps out. Now, is he being reckless and irresponsible? Of course he is. Is he being a creep? Of course he is. But to say that he's actively trying to be a pedof- pedophile or committing pedophile like in a Chris Hansen type of way, I think that's a little bit disingenuous. And I don't think people really believe that. I think people are more concerned with um, taking him down out of jealousy and out of anger and out of misplaced anger sometimes than they are with really figuring out what happened. Hmm. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go fifty 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 on that because on the one hand, 
Hollywood is a place full of jealous, angry people. Mm -hmm. And when there is a reason to take someone down, people definitely bandwagon cancel culture that bad boy. Yeah. But at the same time, from the seemingly mountains of allegations and things, I would say that there is enough of a level of guilt yeah. to justify taking someone like this down. Yeah, now here, th this is also what I want to talk about. When Tiger Woods went down, I guess you could say he went down, I don't know. It seems like he went down a lot. He went down. Hey now. Hey oh. <laughs> Boom. Hey. But that's an example of a married man who just had lots of affairs. Now, sure. is that enough of a reason to publicly shame someone and defame them and knock them off pedestal? Maybe. Specifically, he appeals. His was unique because I think if an NBA player that had happened to, it would have been a different response. Sure. Right? Because uh, he was the lone black man in an almost entirely white uh, sports occupation. Yes. Right? And he is dominating in the sport. Mm -hmm. He's beating all these white people. There is a level of rivalry and resentment. And I mean, you got golf is probably like the most racist sport. Sure. Easily. And all of his sponsorships and stuff were kind of based on the premise that this is a good Christian guy because most of golf's fans are like rich white Christians. Yes. So when he commits serial infidelity, like the white christian oh man they are they've been looking for a reason yes. to be offended so by So there's this some man. racism in the fact that Tiger Woods was taken down is what you're saying. To the extent. I mean, I think it's justified to take this guy down cuz he was clearly being a super piece of shit to his wife. Yeah. Right? But I also think that it's justified to maybe let this guy back into society. Yeah. Cuz I think the cheating on your wife terrible. Uh cheating on your girlfriend with Tons of underage girls. Wait, 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 worse. Yes. Right. Well, here's the thing. And this is, again, I want to go back to what I know about Chris and what I feel about Chris. I, I think he'll be the first to tell you, too. I mean, he's had, I think he's probably on the spectrum, you know. Hmm. And not in like he, he, you know, but I think he's probably a little bit on the spectrum. I right? think a lot of comics are, honestly. Um, I also. I think I might be. <laughs> what I know about him, too, is he's also incredibly driven in OCD. Yes. Right. Um, and we talked about that. He, you, like, he was like a, he became a purple belt in jujitsu because he would do jujitsu like nine hours a day because he was OCD about it. And then when he quit, he quit. And then instead of jujitsu, it became comedy. And he mm. became OCD about comedy, which is why he performed like 500 shows a fucking year and why he became so good because he, he was relentless in his work ethic and how he performed, mm. right? Because he is an OCD individual. Now, because right. he's OCD, I would venture to guess, and I think this is true is that he's also OCD about a lot of rules that he makes for himself. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me that he, as creepy as he is, hitting on these women, I think as an OCD human being, he would draw a hard line at the law. Right. And I think that there's nothing to indicate that once, once a woman said that they were underage, mm -hmm. that he kept pursuing, except for one instance where he said, um, this girl was... 17 and then he stopped talking to her and then the year and then later he said hi it seems like there's a lot of instances of him uh, verbally engaging with women who are underage then maybe disengaging and then re-engaging when they were of age which ain't great 
Yes, it's not great. Now, and that goes up to the idea of, of grooming. Now, I don't know exactly Grooming what might be grooming a concept that means. he wasn't even that aware of. Does know? grooming mean that you are prepping a girl to have sex with you when she turns legal? Grooming is the accusation that everyone hits Woody Allen with of if you know a girl when she is underage yeah. and spend time with them, establish a relationship, and then when they become of age, it becomes sexual, that's grooming. That's grooming. Right. Even if even if that is a coincidence, let's say. It seems a little bit too generous to in most cases to that's say fair. it's a coincidence. So then, then the idea is that Woody Allen very intentionally was with Soon Yi and said, Ooh, once this girl, when she turns 18, I'm, I'm going to fuck her brains out. Is that the idea? <laughs> <laughs> is that good, Woody Allen? I'll give it to you. Um, that is the accusation. Yes. Now, we can never know. Yes. We can never know. But I think uh, in situations like Woody Allen, it's not aided by the fact, I mean, all of the surrounding details, right? Yeah. He is what's 20 plus years older than this chick it's his ex-wife's adopted daughter things details like this yes do not of course help old old widow's case you know yes of course so so and back so back to the chris thing and this is the <laughs> thing because because i think it's important right mm-hmm. no one's saying that he isn't creepy I, obviously a lot you know i feel bad for all of his ex-girlfriends who are like wait 2015 we were living together 2016 we were like he just he's a serial monogamist and i actually had a conversation with him when i kept hearing about him sleeping with all these women i said chris why don't you just be single yeah like why are you fucking like it's not a problem sleeping around but don't do it when you have a girlfriend like that like can't you just be single be like leonardo dicaprio and be single and just fuck every model you want in la yeah um with headphones and a blindfold on so strange. I don't know if any of that's true, but when you hear what? Leo what? stories, what the story? Oh, have you not heard? <laughs> like, okay, this is just a rumor. I don't know if this is true. I don't want <laughs> spread information, but I heard stories that like Leo will send out a little little goon squad to round up the hottest girls in town. And be like, do you want to come have sex with Leonardo DiCaprio? Uh-huh. They say yes. Cause yeah. Duh. I would. Yeah. I mean, come hit me up. <laughs> And then um, they bring him back. They put him in a dark room, like a bedroom. Leo comes in with headphones on, doesn't even talk to him, <laughs> has sex with him, maybe from, like, doggy style or something, has sex with him, then leaves. And I was like, Jesus, sociopath. He goes all revenant on the pussy and then bounces. <laughs> so, Where did you hear this from? I've heard this from a couple of people. I mean, this. You, have you heard from women who it's happened to? Because until that's the I've case, I've heard then this from women who've heard it from women who it's happened to. You know how it is. Yeah, game so, of telephone. So Unless it's like a first-hand source, like, oh my god, Tommy, you're not gonna believe what just happened to me. I got blindfold fucked by Leonardo DiCaprio. Blindfold fucked. Yeah. <laughs> and my thing is like, how did they even know it was Leonardo DiCaprio? Oh, that's true. That's the creepiest shit I've ever heard. Particularly and now in coronavirus, he has a mask and the blindfold. You have no idea who it is. Who is that? <laughs> Why not just fucking have sex with me mm-hmm. and pretend it's Leonardo DiCaprio? Sounds like the same experience. <laughs> if yeah, <laughs> except I'm, I'm probably gonna bust in two minutes. <laughs> but then, then we can blame that on Leonardo DiCaprio, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. So again, <laughs> what what are we getting at? Okay, this is 
okay, the comedy world is fucked. I, I, yeah. The whole time I've been here, I've oh. always amazed how many married men come in with like their stripper uh, models or wherever the fuck it is. They show up at clubs and they're like, Talk I mean, about their wife on stage. <laughs> they talk about their wife on stage. And meanwhile, I'm like, who's this girl in the VIP oh. booth staring at you with the fake boobs? Oh, we're just friends. Share you are. It's actually really funny because I, <laughs> I remember like literally just a few weeks ago, I think it was my last show at the Laugh Factory, maybe a month or whatever it was. Um, God, two months ago, I guess. Uh, Michael Lenoci was talking to someone and Michael was talking about how he, uh, he was having a conversation with another comic about touring with Chris and how fun it is and how great it is. I'm sure it's a blast. And, and the um, other comic was like, well, it must be crazy with Chris, like all the like the women. He goes, no, 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 he doesn't do that anymore. He's like settled down. And I remember I just wanted to laugh at his face because I'm like, let's just not, let, uh, no, like, no, I know he had a kid, but like he, he is, he is, he was, this is why I think it's a good thing because I think that Chris was in a, in a time, in a, in a rut in his brain and his behavior where he was just going to do this until his dick stopped working. He was going to be married. He's going to have a baby. And he was still just going to be one of these guys on the private plane with Bob Saget, just fucking women. Yeah. Carte blanche. And I don't know his relationship with the woman he is having his child with. I mean, if you, it's tough, man. Cause like on the one hand, I'm tempted to say, if you come to an agreement with your wife about that shit, then I guess you can do it. But it's also like, if you're married to someone powerful, successful like that, what choice do you have? Yeah, and of course, you know, you hear so many stories in the NBA about people knowing that their husband cheats and NFL. Yeah. I know that you didn't rock stars, and they're like, that's okay as Kevin long Hart as Kevin Hart didn't get away with it. Kevin Hart didn't get away with it. Yeah, they fucking ran his name through the mud on some cheating stuff. What's interesting about that is Kevin Hart obviously didn't get canceled for cheating. Right. So the thing, and I actually had a conversation. A brief exchange with the woman who wrote the article for the LA Times, Amy Kindler, whatever it was, mm-hmm. because she reached out to me saying you might have some information about stuff, and I said, I go look, um, I think that if you want to expose the seedy underbelly of the comedy world in LA, that's fair because I think there's a lot of gross behavior, and I think it is a lot of toxic masculinity, and I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of cheating. But I was fine. I said, but if you're going to ascribe the label of pedophile. To Chris, right? Specifically, the label pedophile. I really hope that you have vetted information and that you're short because that's that's just not a career shortening or career ending. That is like that'll fuck up your entire life. You know what I mean? So I think that rightfully so, if it's true. Yeah, and I said just make sure that. And she was we were going back and forth, and once I said that, she stopped communicating with me. Mm. And she's looking for the red meat. So that's my point. I think there's a lot of people that are looking for the red meat. And I don't know if you read Chris's sort of resp- his team's that response. That TMZ mentality. Yes, of course. And there is a lot of stuff, you know, it's kind of like what happened with the Brett Kavanaugh thing. Like, I wanted Brett Kavanaugh to go down. Obviously, I didn't want, like, a, a an anti-pro-choice judge. So when Christine Blasey Ford came forward, I really wanted her stuff to be cogent and dispositive mm-hmm. and to prove that he was a piece of shit. But it was very flimsy, and I think anyone can admit that. It just didn't <sighs> I it just didn't hold water in the way that, that people wanted it to hold water. That's the tough, the tough thing about sexual allegations is that proving them in a, like, murder way yes. is just difficult. Yeah. And if you look at the statistics, they're pretty fucked up. 
like something like 98% of rapists never even go to jail. Yeah. So it's like. Or they're not reported. Yeah. And it's a shame because. The ones that do get reported, they don't go to jail. Yeah. And the thing about. So you look at something like Danny Masterson, right? From the 70s yeah. show. There, he's being charged by three different women for rape. And so they had to go through the very painful process of going to the police and charging and showing evidence and whatever the heck. And they had to present legal evidence to a lawyer to do mm -hmm. that. So it sounds like, talk about when there's smoke, there fi there's fire. Like, obviously, I think Denny Masterson is probably a rapist based on that. You know? Sounds like it. it. seems pretty bad. Bill Cosby, rapist. I mean, slam dunk. So, Open back to Chris, check. right? There has been no legal charge against him. No one has gone to the police yet. No one has charged him with pedophilia. No one's charged him with statutory rape. There's a, so there's, no, there's nothing that... Um, and I'm not saying you need that to make these allegations true, but it seems like if you're going to completely ruin someone's life and label him as a pedophile forever, it seems like th there should be some legal kind of um, limiting element that we can hold to, right? <sighs> Shit is difficult because, uh, yeah, I mean, you would... I think his reputation is already irreversibly besmirched i don't know if, you know yeah i know and 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 i'm not saying it's good or bad i'm saying it's at some level I'm obviously he deserves it on some level he obviously deserves to be taken down where there's smoke there's fire uh vein of things you gotta admit even if this guy did not have sex with an underage girl he was clearly on some long-term asshole behavior for sure type shit for sure and i think he was stuck in that he's right with it and i think it's i think on some level for this to come out is good for chris as a human being to kind of come to terms with this and get the help that he needs whatever at the same time being labeled a pedof pedophile sure. on top yeah. of it it seems it's not if that's the not most true, fair then it's unfair but there has been no allegation that that is that he has engaged in pedophilia but i think as a man in hollywood there has been a shift of you look at someone like Crystalia and you think, even if this guy didn't commit this specific level of crime, this is a man who seemingly has for five to ten years been garnering ill will yes. against him. Yes, from for the sure. The females in his life, yes, the females sure. in comedy. So now he has an army of angry people. Yes. And that was his choice. I agree. I agree. And like I said, I've talked about this. I remember one time, um, and again, I don't want to go feel like I'm defending people, but I, I do work with, with um, Jeremy Piven, right? Mm -hmm. And before I worked with Jeremy, I wanted to see what the allegations against him, him were. Right. And people said, well, there are rape allegations. And there are no rape allegations against Jeremy. And there's definitely nothing legally. Um, but there, there's allegations of some kind of creepy behavior and some stuff that was a little bit insensitive and maybe a hair forceful, right? Mm -hmm. um, nothing nothing that equates to Louis C.K., nothing equates to Cosby, just stuff that's like, okay, you're a little bit of a creepy guy maybe at times and a little bit douchey, but some of it's like he was 17 years old and he brought an extra to his trailer and he tried to make out with her she pushed him away. Like that seems like a very bizarre... So I had to really examine this. This with, is his side of the story. No, this is what's out there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the stuff that's out there is stuff that you're like, well, this isn't, and not to mention the fact he took three lie detector tests, passed all of them. So in order to work with him, I had to sort of be clear, hey, I need to know that this stuff, like who you are as a person, if this isn't true. And 
the best of my knowledge, trying to treat someone as fair as possible, I don't see that this is a real problem with him, other than maybe he has been a little douchey in his past. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I asked when all the Me Too stuff was happening, I asked Chris, because I said, Chris, aren't you worried about the Me Too shit? Because I'd heard too many stories. And he said, no, dude, not at all. Because he, obviously, he didn't like Jeremy, and he thought Jeremy was a douche, and he was kind of celebrating that he was Me too I said, well, what about you? You don't feel the same thing happened to you? And he's like, no. I go, why not? He goes, because everyone knows I love to fuck, which struck me as a very odd answer. But I do think that he was, when he said he got caught up in a lifestyle, I think what he meant by that was that he loved the fact that people looked at him as this guy who slept with hundreds of women. And because he's OCD, he knew how many women. I'm thinking at one point I asked him, how many women have you slept with? He knew the number yeah. in the hundreds of women that he slept with. And and so I think that uh, he was definitely caught up in that. And I think that when he responded to women that were maybe underage, he's on his phone all the time. I'm not sure that he was even aware or that conscious. I don't think he's scouring people's. I think it was like a, a, a sin of arrogance, a sin of irresponsibility. And a sin of douchebaggery, but I don't think it was a sin of pedophilia. I just don't think it was. Okay. Uh, the, the Chris situation is not helped by the fact that he went ahead and played a pedophile on TV. I, know. I think that the, the coincidence level of that is so bizarre that... They use that mean, twice, yeah. The story, the, the hubris, the absolute fucking audacity to do something like that, if you were doing all of those crimes... It's almost it's like, like too sweet of a fruit yeah. for the TMZ crowd to ignore. Yeah, of course. And then think the idea that, you know, when that happened, the producers of You went and talked to the girl he had the scene with to make sure that she had been safe during that time. Yeah. I mean. I think that's valid. That is valid, and I get it. But at the same time, can you imagine Chris going like, you know, like, so that now we're in the slippery slope where he went from maybe like hitting up some girl's online and never meeting them to being like trying to fuck a 15 year old actress in the show is kind of like eh. you look at the ages of some of these people who are accusing him and they're they match and they're mat they match they just <sighs> match so what do you think should be the outcome of this what do you think I in think terms of okay, you gotta wait you gotta wait till more of the facts come out i'm not one of these jump on the executioner bandwagon type people. Yeah. But I would be very suspicious. Yeah, for sure. And I think that on some level... I would say unless he can actively disprove some of this stuff, you gotta you gotta look at the numbers, yeah. you know? But you did read what his team released afterwards, right? I thought right? it was kind of flimsy. It was flimsy. It was flimsy. I thought it was kind of flimsy. I thought it was like... Whoa, I'm not a pedophile. I'm just an asshole. Yes. And then people are, and they only address like one or two of the cases for which yeah. they had email screenshots for. And it just feels like, it, it definitely feels like to just have everything go back to normal would be letting them off too easy. I agree with that. I agree with and that. And I'm not, I don't like, I don't like cancel culture. I don't like piling on people. It makes me, I don't like, violence in in any form but it but i think you got to protect women because of course you do they've been dealing with too much but do you think the fact that a lot of these women they presented evidence to the times that that didn't tell the full story and it, it was very intentional i mean i think that's a little 
That's I, I just yeah. bu- it just bums me out because I'm kind of like if you're gonna come with this charge, it should be, you should have full integrity with your charge. That's all. If you're gonna come with a charge, so if you're a 16 year old girl and you go and he hits on you, you go, Chris, I'm 16, and then he doesn't contact you again, and then when you're 21, you go, Hey, I'm 21 now. You want to fuck? I think that. <laughs> I know even saying that makes me sound like I'm victim blaming, but at the same time, like, why not just tell the times? Well, this was the full exchange. It doesn't mean that what he did right, but sh- they caught up. And there's another girl who said, "Oh my God, he was 17, hit me," and then he asked her age, and she said she was 24. And because there was a question mark about it, he goes, "Well, she didn't give him a straight answer." It's still enough that, like, if you're someone who really believes that what he's doing is illegal and wrong and immoral, present the full evidence and let people decide. Because there are other two girls who he tried to have a threesome with and he stuck his dick out or whatever, which is gross. They also lied about their ages. They said they were 20 and 22. They ended up being 23 and 25. It's just sort of like, I, I get what you want to do, but don't lie just to just to make your story seem more valid. Like, it's valid right. anyway. And it uh, bums me out that these girls didn't approach with full integrity in their accusations. I will grant you that this gives... In a legal sense, someone like Chris, plausible deniability from criminal actions, right? But I think in a moral sense, and ultimately that's kind of how we have to approach this because there is no lawsuit, right? There is no, we're going to put him in jail. It is more of a, an expose of character. Yes, I agree. It is people on the internet saying, this is how... This person you have held up as the king of comedy in its current state. Yeah. This is how he behaves, and this yes. is who he really is. Yes. Despite his stage presence. Yes. And so now we have to kind of take account and be like, all right, so plausible deniability on the pedophile label, right? Yeah. But do we still want to support someone who is this creepy? Is this creepy? Is living with a woman, having a child with her, and having these conversations? 40, kind of targeting like 19 20 yeah year old girls that's and the question. not really caring how old they are seemingly yes, yes. i think that's i think without a doubt that it's all again him the having same a kid way, makes it worse in the same way that we talked about a lot of the systemic racism it's good that that's coming out it's right. good that there is a form for it i wish that in the form of which it came out that everyone was in full integrity that the accusers yeah. were in full integrity that criticism, full integrity, then everyone claims some responsibility because I think there is something like I was following it and mm-hmm. then I had to stop because it just got too much. But and I was following this woman, Simone, and I was in conversation with people about this a lot because a, a lot of people reach out to me about stuff. Um, they're like, should I? There was a there's a comedy booker in New York who was like, I'll give you a spot if you fuck me. That was going on at this place, very popular place in New York happening all the time. I'm sure that was happening he- all over. heard from. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it happened all I'm sure it happened in L.A. too. I mean, pre-Weinstein, that seems to be, like, the Hollywood playbook. Yes. Um, so then you have someone like, and this is also a different subject, but, like, with Jeff Ross. And oh, this yeah. is why I think things get very subjective, because Jeff Ross allegedly— To me, that one had more credibility. I mean— That one was I think wild. that's dispositive. I think it's without a doubt he was 33 and had a relationship with a 15-year-old girl. I think that is— I think the idea that that didn't happen is ridiculous. It definitely happened. And that ain't no flimsy accidental one night stand. No, that this is, is like entrenched. And what's crazy about that yeah. is this girl, when she was fifteen, obviously there are adults in the room who saw this happening, and she named her them. father. 
Her father. Yeah. Um, who's that creepy uh, uh, manager? Barry Katz. Um, the lady at the comedy club. Gene Savage. Who yeah. introduced them? I mean. So their names have been discussed during this accusation, and they have not come forward with a denial. And I think that the I think the the difference between the Jeff Ross thing and the Leah thing is that for whatever reason, Jeff Ross hasn't incurred the same amount of ill will that Chris D'Elia has. And I don't know really what that's about, other than Chris is very kind of like closed off. He's not social as Jeff. He's kind of in his own world. And people <laughs> wanted to take him down more than Jeff. Because if people wanted to take down Jeff as much as they want to take down D'Elia, he'd be done. And for some reason, I feel like Jeff Ross is not... You don't think so? I think it's... Uh, he hasn't lost any shows or specials or been fired or Comedy Central hasn't removed episodes from him. Did they do that for Chris? Oh yeah. Hmm. I wasn't I wasn't really following the Well what's weird about the, the, the Chris thing is Hulu whatever, Netflix, three of Showtime maybe, uh Comedy Central, they all removed his workaholics episode where he played a pedophile. Now I don't know what the statement is you're saying with that. It's kinda like the removing the blackface episodes. I guess so. I guess just any acknowledgement of these sins but is they don't want it. It also strikes me as them. a little bit of virtue signaling because how much is Workaholics, a show that's been over for a few years now, going to suffer for one episode being gone? Oh, They're no. not canceling three no, episodes yeah. or four episodes of you. On Netflix, yeah, they're not taking the whole season down. No, well, I mean, I think, it was, in, money I think it was in like four episodes, but they're not going to take those episodes down because it's a fucking ton was of money. Was he in four episodes? He was like the whole season. No, I think it was in four episodes. Oh, okay, but, but he again, was the four episodes. You, I mean, yes, you can't maintain the show and have him. Yes, not that's be true. A character. So my point is, there's something a little bit. Okay, yeah, you're really helping by taking this one episode of a show that's yeah, over that's now. Yeah, that's kind of an eye roll, Allison Brie. Bojack Horseman situation, where and he still has all of his specials on Netflix. I like Allison Brie. I used to have a big crush on her. Of course, they took an episode of Community down. Another show she was in. Oh, because that blackface. They had, and it was one of the best episodes, which I'm sad about. Dungeons and Dragons. That's like one of their iconic episodes. What What was what happened in it? Chang is playing a dark elf, which is like a uh, fantasy character, and he paints his face all like very very dark navy blue and gives himself ears. Yeah, but because. I think they might have made a blackface joke about him as a dark elf, so it, it was too close. What do you think about that? What do you think about the uh, the blackface stuff in general? Because I know Adam Carolla has a very particular take, and his take is, look, there's blackface, historically, uh -huh. and then there's someone trying to do as spot-on an impersonation as they can do. If you're going to do an impersonation of Chris Rock and you're not going to do blackface, then you just... So what you're saying is like a white person cannot do any impersonations... Of a of a black person, yeah. Which is which I, I I think is fair, but to say that Jimmy Kimmel was actually engaging quote unquote blackface also seems a little bit like well was he really or was he just doing was Jimmy Fallon just trying to do an impersonation of his friend Chris? I mean, I think it's my point is this right. whatever, whatever the case may be, they should be forgiven and let off the hook because and go okay I get it now that was a big mistake. But they shouldn't lose their TV shows. They shouldn't and lose their TV shows. Yeah, they didn't lose but there's anything. but there's been petitions to try to get that happen. You know eh, what I mean? Jimmy Fallon, he had to apologize. Then everyone was like, okay. "All right, yeah." I mean, Jimmy Kimmel still had a show. These yeah, are still famous, successful people. It was just a bump in the road for them. Yes, I don't necessarily feel all that bad. But uh, 
So do you think, I guess my question is this, if we're talking about forgiveness mm-hmm. and we go to Chris and Jeff and Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, where does, where does the role of forgiveness lie? Is, is, is there forgiveness for Chris? Is there forgiveness for Jeff? Um, is there forg- and what, what constitutes forgiveness? It's tricky. I, I feel like I am not in a position to give forgiveness. Of course, yeah. Right? I don't feel like my, for whatever reason, be it my, uh, my makeup of classes, gender, race, whatever, or like I was not involved in these crimes. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I can forgive them. I think time will tell what society makes of it all. Yeah. But as an individual, I kind of look at that and say, yeesh. It it does, in, to your point of like, Chris was kind of the king of L.A. comedy. For sure. For the moment. Yeah. Who's, who's bigger than Chris D'Elia? No. And he was also, I mean, let's be I honest. Mean, Joe Rogan, maybe? Yeah. But, but Chris was like. Chris was the, the guy, rock star. The comic guy. He was the rock star of Rogan LA had comedy. the clout of, and the influence. Yes. Right? But no one was saying like, he's the funniest Yes. Dude who's and he wasn't like night. the sex symbol of right, the comedy right. world. Chris he's was older. the sex symbol of the comedy world. For he sure. He really was, which pissed off a lot of people. Similar to how Louis was. But Louis was never the sex symbol. Louis was never a sex symbol, but he was the guy. He was the guy, yes. And and he was the guy had all the attention and had society society's respect. Yeah, and here's what's weird about, again, back to the idea of who gets offended, who doesn't get offended, is... A lot of people originally were defending Louis. A lot of people, a lot of his openers and women. I mean, even mm. if you go back on Twitter, you see a lot of people defending him. A lot of people have been defending uh, uh, Uncle Joey. I right. mean, almost all of his openers have come forward and defended him, and he seems like he's going to be fine. I get that more than the Chris thing. The, what the people defending him? Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, I mean, Joey Diaz is. That's a tricky one because like you look at that statement that got released on the podcast it's gross heinous yeah unforgivable yeah but if it's a joke is it unforgivable if he's literally joking about it it's tough with people like um first of all first of all theo von didn't do anything wrong but you look at his comedy style yeah which is kind of like absurdist storytelling yeah where I mean, you listen to Theo Vaughn tell stories, and there's clearly, like, made-up details. Yeah. And uh, there's, like, exaggerations constantly. Yeah. So you wouldn't take, like, a Theo Vaughn story verbatim and then and then accuse him of something like that factually. I think Joey Diaz is a similar performer where he kind of, like, hyper, hyper descriptive. Yeah. Right? And, his, and his character is kind of like this reformed criminal telling you how life used to be back when he was still a criminal. Right? Yeah. That's his appeal is he is against the norm, against the law, a fucking cowboy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I listened to a Joey Diaz story and I'm like, I, I, init- I doubt its validity to the letter. Yeah. Right. I don't I think there were 20 women who blew him to get spots in the belly room of all places. I don't hold individual statements against him when he's in this flying improv bit mode yes. trying to get a laugh because he's yeah. like i i just know what it feels like to be in that comedy space where you're riffing off the cuff and you're just trying to get the laugh you're trying to hit yeah. the nerve but i also think that 
what he said in that particular clip is like, it's it felt authentic. It did. I mean, you the Brian Williams shit. You remember that? Well, Brian Williams talked Brad, about Brad Williams, not Brian. Williams. Oh yeah, we talked about yeah. And Where he goes, he basically I was kidding to rape, and then he was like, it was a joke. It feels similar <laughs> to that. Yes, I agree. And because they uh, both said that didn't happen, I'm joking, right? I don't know if Joey Diaz. I think Joey Diaz said, "Suck my dick, you fucking losers." Because <laughs> that's. But that's the other thing about him is his fan base doesn't give a shit. Ugh. It's kind of like Port, uh, Portnoy, Barstool. Yeah. They were like, "You're racist." He said, "I'm uncancelable." Yeah. So like that seems to be the two paths. Now Joey Diaz seems to have chosen the path of I'm gonna double down. Yeah. I'm not gonna apologize for shit. And my fan base will still be here and suck my dick. And it's, it's, yeah, it's funny. And that, that seems like, to be one, and that is the path that Louis has had to pick too, because they're not going to be accepted by the politically correct mainstream anymore. Yes, anymore, yeah, that's true. So it's kind of like if you want to be part of the politically correct mainstream, you have to cut ties with people who are they are gone down the like the dark path or whatever you want to call it. Uh, tough. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the answers are. Yes. And by the <laughs> way, I want to say this because I, I don't feel like I'm defending Chris as much as I'm saying no one's going to defend pedophilia or, no. or grooming. I, I, you know, that's ridiculous. I would never say that. I do think that a human being does have the ability to defend themselves when a Twitter mom is after them. And his defense, you can at least if you're open to the possibility that he wasn't actively trying to commit acts of pedophilia you have to be open to the possibility of forgiveness mm-hmm. to a degree as creepy as he is because at the end of the day we're comics we're not politicians we're not running for president Dude, we're right, comics right. and comics are a group of fucking creeps across the board yeah you just can't say that i mean look you know back to, to back jeff Ross, like his girlfriend went on twitter goes like i've known him for two years he's an amazing guy and this is i know this stuff isn't true and it took everything in my power to be like Oh, well, should I tell that to the girl who fucked him last month that I know? I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, let's not pretend like we're not creeps. I mean, I'm not saying you're a creep and I try to be as less creepy as possible. (laughs) There are uncreepy comedians. There sure are. I think that is the point. I think I don't think that only women should have control of all of comedy. Yeah. Right. Right now, obviously, it's kind of inverted. Yeah. Men have the surplus of control. Yes. But I think that the critique of women, the critique of comedy, is that there are a lot of non-creepy comics, and maybe we should be... Celebrating them. Celebrating them instead of celebrating the creepy ones, because it seems like the creepy ones are the ones who are winning right yeah. now. Not... I agree. I agree. And I think that, again, back to the idea of toxic masculinity, I think that toxic masculinity and fucking hitting and quitting and all this fucking how many bitches, you know, all that shit, I think it gets celebrated in a way that's that's gross. And I wish <sighs> the, wasn't the, the case. The tricky thing is that, and uh, this is just kind of, I think we are getting better as a society, but men are creepy. We are gross. We do have bad tendencies right we do have this testosterone testosterone is an evil evil hormone yes to be to do bad things to say bad things to to fight to to fight right and i think that in polite society that is being quarantined away yes being taken away it is being repressed 
Which is a good thing because it's not fair for just an innocent civilian to be subjected to that evil yes, for no agreed. reason. Yes. And I think comedy has kind of become an outlet for that for a lot of people, right? And it has become like, oh, this is the place where guys can talk in their true evil form and that consumers male consumers can watch that and be like this is how i feel i feel like an evil monster but i can never say any of that because then or act people on will it know yes. that i'm an evil monster yes and i think that has been kind of the role of comedy for a little bit for for many men yes that makes sense and i think now we kind of have to kind of acknowledge that and maybe clean it up a little bit yeah because you don't because obviously that being the prevailing ideology of comedy has made it way 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 hard for like women to break in yes. for other ideas to get in yeah but, but it's also like as humans what do we do with the evil you know what i mean where does it go because i feel like it has to go somewhere and i don't I mean, it's, I don't know how to answer that. Well, I do think I do think that if you really extrapolate the human race to the point where we're making Sims, which is what we're living in now, right. <laughs> that's another conversation. <laughs> but if you extrapolate human life, like you become the idea of what the alien is, which is a giant head and a feeble body and like no genitalia, right? Right. So we are evolving from our all id, all testosterone, caveman, Neanderthal days into a much more androgynous cerebral being right that is the tendency of mankind and that's good because it should that be less a natural shift less warlike less bellicose will be less war as shitty as the world is now it's much less warlike than it is big time back in the, which is part of the reason why i have a problem with a lot of this stuff that is going on about destroying america is like well colonialism and look at what they did the indians and look at columbus and like yeah that sucks guess what that was that's what was for dinner in the fucking 1500s. That was the entire fucking right. world. You know what I mean? I think judging the actions of 500 years ago through a purely modern lens is ridiculous. But I also think that it is good to... I think it is also, in the same phrase, okay to condemn those things. Sure, of course. It's okay to say that all of that was bad and wrong. Yes. Right? Like, I think some of the people... You take their argument at face value and you're like, are you defending eating people? You know what I mean? Like, what? Is this the hill you want to die on? Yes. Hey, leave the statue of the the penis eater guy who <laughs> fucking chopped off dude's penises and cooked him up like sausages. And you're like, okay, that's, I mean. Is I, that what Columbus did? No. Oh, okay. But I'm just thinking of, like, all the heinous crimes. <laughs> there, the penis dude was out there. Yeah, for sure. Right? Like, yeah. There's one dude there are out statues there. Of people. I like the ears. You yeah, know? there are statues of people out there who are utter, utter pieces of Monsters. shit. Monsters. And I don't think the... I think, obviously, that behavior made more sense in the time. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that we have to celebrate it now. Of course. When I completely there get that. Is other, you know, or, but I also think, like, taking, like, the dude who invented the light bulb, like, oh, right fuck the light bulb because he was also a piece of shit. Right? Yeah. I think you got to take the good with the bad. Maybe put a statue of a light bulb up there <laughs> instead of the guy. It's, it's people are multifaceted. Yeah. Yin and yang, you know, people are pieces of shit. And I think that sometimes 
for someone like Chris, he becomes a scapegoat for just men writ large and toxic masculinity writ large and what is happening in culture writ large. He becomes a symbol. He becomes a symbol for Louis that. Louis was a symbol. Louis was a symbol, yeah, mm-hmm. for uh, for exploiting power imbalances and power dynamics and using your power and charisma to exert influence on people who are more vulnerable. That's yeah, awful thing, you know? So that's what he should be sort of And I think a lot against. of the guys defending things like Louis are looking at the evil within their own hearts yeah and saying i also possess this evil but i don't want to become a symbol of exclusively evil you know what yes. i mean a lot of the there's a lot of the lady does protest case. too much and by lady i mean men there's a lot of people protesting too much i think the unnecessary defense of foul behavior is kind of like you throw a rock into a pack of dogs, so the dog who yelps yes is the one that got hit. You know. Well, that's yeah, that's part of the reason why I wanted to like I don't I don't outwardly defend things. Yeah, part of the reason why I wanted to talk about this because I was getting a little annoyed at all these comics and all these male comics who I know are fucking creepy as fuck. Yeah, they're creepy. jumping on. One of them I co-headlined with in Arizona and. A female friend of mine wouldn't come to the show because she said this co-headliner tried to rape her. Now, Jesus Christ. I addressed that, and he has come forward against Chris and like hardcore. And I'm like, motherfucker, like Busted. you cannot be the white knight. But no one's coming against against him. But I know this. Sh- so, and there are other comics who's just like being all pearl clutchy. I can't believe, and like, motherfucker, I know how creepy you are. What are you doing? You're a fucking creep. Okay, and. It just seems a shame that no one wants to have a nuanced, multivariant conversation about what's going on with Chris, as opposed to just like, yeah, he's a pedophile, fuck him, he should go to jail. It's tricky. I mean, everyone wants to defend their their career. I mean, Hollywood, everything is so fucking hard. Like, of, yeah. I wouldn't even work with Jeremy Piven, to be honest. I get that. I think that is a mistake for you to be doing. <sighs> but I also understand that Hollywood is fucking hard. And you take work where you can get it. But also, don't you think that, like, if if I work with Jeremy and I had a conversation with Jeremy and I'm on the road with Jeremy and I don't see anything close to what I'm what I've heard about? I mean, like, is it just because I'm 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 trying to make sure that I don't get canceled by association? Or is it like I feel like people should be given somewhat of. The benefit of the doubt. I I, I don't know, you know. It's and like tricky. I said, I read the accusations, and I and I really weighed like how. I was like, man, what is this about, dude? I got. To, I'm not going to work with you until I really know, because <sighs> the truth is, the accusations could come against anyone. Accusations could go get, come against me, They're and I know against, how yeah. fucking completely uncreepy I am. I mean, maybe I'm a little bit creepy, but I know that I'm. I've n- never done anything that involves that, uh, you know makes consent an issue. I know that age has never been an issue. Yeah. Those are the two main things. I know I've never assaulted anyone. So, but if someone wanted to say, hey, look at the douchey things he, he fucking wrote to me, is that possible? Of course that's possible in my lifetime. Sure. I think anytime, anytime you become sexual with someone, especially in like a written form, you are kind of being like, opening yourself up yes. for criticism, for screenshotting, yes. And I don't, I don't like the fact that you can just publicly. Everything is so, like, there's a record of every time you flirt now, essentially, yes. because 
the game is all online. Yes. So I told a girl that she was hot and that and then Nikki Glazer said don't be trying to hit on girls that you want to work with. Was That's she a comic? Yeah. Yeah. And I said and the reason I said she was hot was based on my own personal relationship with her and how she felt she wasn't hot and I wanted to make her feel better. And was I flirting sure? Is sure. calling a girl hot is that something uh. that should be <laughs> I don't know. I mean, and I won't do it ever again. I will never comment on anyone's looks ever again. You can online. comment on people's. I think, like, context is important. But that's the thing is context is important, and the context yeah. could be appropriate, but then when some shit comes for you, it could be taken out of that context. For sure. So context is important both ways. Yeah. When you're flirting with someone, especially someone who... I mean, the entertainment industry, the line of professionalism is very fluid. Particularly in comedy. It's very dotted. So, and a lot of female comics are very hot, and they flirt with you. And then you got to be like, Yeah. And I'd like to think that I am, I, I, there's nothing out there that could ever take me down. But who the fuck knows? You know what I mean? Who the fuck knows if 10 years ago there's like there's an unsolicited dick pic 10 years ago. Is that possible? I don't know. Maybe. Could have been. I don't think you would get taken down for that, though. Because I'm not famous. <laughs> Partially that. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I think that there is a certain level of understanding from people. I mean, maybe On not. On Twitter? Maybe not the Twitter mob, but like. But the Twitter mob is dictating how all of culture... I mean, it's it's starting in Twitter now and then getting to the news from Twitter hmm. as opposed to the other way around. Twitter becomes the genesis for every controversy now, which is very fascinating. And it means it's good because you got to watch your P's and Q's. you got to be super fucking careful about everything that you say and write. And I think that is a good thing. But I also think that it means that anyone who pops can get attacked based on anything. I mean, I, I've had... Com- you know, I, I did a joke about a, uh, about um, when someone said about Nazis. And I said, look, Nazis are on the rise. This was on Facebook. I go, if they're on the rise, I think I would have been recruited by now, which became a bit I did. And right. it started on a Facebook post. And these people went after me and went after my career and how I'm not funny and how I'm like a failure and da 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 And I was, <laughs> and I shot back uh-huh. in shitty ways. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the shitty ways that I shot back. Yeah. Calling like, well, you're you're ugly, so what do I care? You know, stuff like that. Like that could be used against me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> so luckily, I live here in a fucking uh, bu- in a dumpster behind the laugh factory, so it, it will never affect me. But anyway, um, anything else you want to talk about, Tommy? I think we've had a long conversation. What is there? What is there to talk about? No, oh, I had an interesting little situation happen to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, okay, two things. First Welcome off. Welcome to the after Here we are. First <laughs> off, <laughs> rock stars not being creepy. I want to throw that out the window just as a re-clarification. Rock stars are creepy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pop, punk, guitar players, and vocalists are notorious for sleeping with underage girls. Pop? Okay, give me an example. Pop punk. What's like, pop punk? I'm not saying Green Day because not them, but like, but like indie, smaller, pop punk is like. We were in high school. She didn't love me. 
and I think you got a similar artistic archetype to a comedian in these people. Yes. Bullied, emo, fucking swoopy kind hair. Of we're nerds, but now aren't. Nobody. I was a nerd. I was bullied. I couldn't play football. I picked up a guitar, and now I'm raging against the machine. And I'm 25, and everyone in the audience is 16. And I'm hooking up with 16-year-old girls on the tour bus. This is a lot of, lot of people like this. Names, Not, please. Um, I, okay, I couldn't really give you names, but it's, it is so prevalent that it is now a meme. You yes. know what I mean? Like, like Hard Times, which is like a, a punk rock satire magazine, which I have submitted to many times. Not been <laughs> accepted yet. We will see. Uh, they, they post jokes about it a lot. Yeah. Because like multiple groups, I wouldn't say like the biggest groups – like your Green Days, your Blink 182s, but like groups in the middle. So I just wanted to clarify that, that it is kind of like a lot of artists. I mean, I think artists are kind of like sensitive dorkos, yeah. you know, like what, who becomes successful in the arts because they were a child prodigy, right? Yes. If you're an artsy person who's not like incredibly handsome and good at sports, Odds are you probably didn't have a super sick, popular middle school experience. Yes. You know what I mean? And so I see this perpetuated by women on the internet a lot. There are these cringy incel memes where a guy tries to flirt with a girl. These are like comics that incels make. A guy flirts with a girl he gets rejected so he goes and he becomes a successful businessman and then in the comic the girl comes back and she's like oh will you be with me now i see you i saw you were doing so well and he dms her and he's like nah bitch i'm successful (laughs) now suck it suck it you should have loved me when i was a little uh, when i was a little guy and yeah oh like and then women on twitter will be like i roll why are men so obsessed with this and my point is, that's just the hero's journey. Yeah. That's archetypal. Yeah. Right? That's the same plot as Legally Blonde. Yes. Legally Blonde, he leaves her because she's not good enough. She gets into Harvard. She becomes a lawyer. Then he tries to get her back, and he, she rejects him. Okay? Yes, of course. This is a rags-to-riches archetypal story. It is not unique to men. Yes. But I think men are getting rejected trying to get laid more often. Yes. So it becomes this weird incel meme, and it has been a- appropriated by this creepy, toxic incel community. Yes. But anyways, weird tangent. Anyways. No, not, not a weird tangent at all. It's definitely all connected. I think that... Um, one of the big questions that results from everything happening right now in America is the question of agency too, right? Mm-hmm. Who has agency? At what age does agency exist? Uh, where does an agency for anyone in the world um, lie? So, you know, if you look at the Black Lives Matter movement, there's a lot of, there's a lot of questions about like how much agency black people have in creating whatever is existing right now and how much how much is just them being subjugated to the evil whims of a systemic racist culture, right? Right. And I think it's a fair question to ask. Similar For, question like uh, women and minorities yes. working in entertainment for all-white production staff. Yes. And they have to put up with a lot of stuff because they don't have the agency to speak out without being punished by yes. the industry. Yeah. And so with we're talking about young girls 
um, at what age does agency become a factor? Because if you're, I mean, we, we all agree that when you're 15, 14, 15, like you don't really have agency to make decisions. Especially over like a 38-year-old world-famous yeah. celebrity. Right. If you're 17, you, you probably don't. When you're 18, do you all of a sudden magically have agency about who you are as a human being? <laughs> I heard Andrew, uh, Andrew Schultz podcast they someone i forget who it was someone had a bit that if 18 is barely legal 17 is barely illegal Illegal, yes and i was like damn that that's not a conversation that we should be having yeah but it is an interesting point of like drawing a hard line in the sand is a little bit ridiculous in terms of like you don't magically become a different person on a certain birthday. I think that the age of consent is more of a, we can be sure that this person has agency, but you also, I've heard the counter argument from women that who wrote the age of consent men, men did. Yeah. Right. Men decided in certain States that if you're 16, you're 15, you're old enough to fuck. Right. Yes. This was a purely man-made decision made by old men. Who want to fuck, yeah. right? So, yeah, Dude, it's tough. Ten, I think it was, so 11 or 12 years ago when I was doing the I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell tour, mm-hmm. um, the age of consent in Canada was 14. Wow. And I know this because people on the tour bus were looking up ages of consent every state and every place we went to because they creepy. were like, right. which is definitely creepy. And also in the United States, if you're looking up age of consent 16 and you're traveling to a state to have sex with a 16 year old, that's illegal. That is illegal. Yes, right. of course. So, and it's also, I, I don't know why that should be a federal law. They should make the federal law that 18 is age of consent. They should do that. But th- right now there's so many weird, like, okay, if you're 16, the person has to be, the person can't be more than two years or three years older. There's all these different like rules and they should just make it 18 age of consent to have sex unless likewise the 18 year old having sex with a 17 year old thing who are both in the same high school is ridiculous well i mean there's a case in uh, real sports with brian gumbel about this black athlete black kid he hadn't been an athlete who was adopted by a white family and he was a senior and she was a sophomore and he had sex with her and he got charged with statutory rape and mm. he went to fucking prison crazy by crazy. this racist piece of shit georgia fucking yeah you know, racist-looking motherfucker who yeah. was like, "I'm doing my job. I put him in." He he violated the statute. It was a white woman. Yeah, black guy had se- he was a senior. She was a sophomore. They had sex. So technically, he violated an old statutory rape law. Sure. And he went to fucking prison for like ten fucking years. Damn. This guy. Damn, dude. See, that's so fucked up. So <sighs> you know. So then again, is that racist? Of course, it's racist. Yeah, of course. He wouldn't have been charged. He yes. wouldn't have been charged for statutory rape. That harshly, if he was a white guy, I'm 100. percent But they're all all very like, well, if you're two years, they're 15. There's a two, you know, they have all these things just because it's based on the fact that men are fucking creepy and they're trying to fuck younger women, so they have to like do all this fucking jump roping around the fact that that's happening, as opposed to just make a federal law. It's fucking 18. So people know. Mm, yeah, I, I think yeah, that would be a good idea. That means no one can have sex until they're 18, which is the fucking way it should be. No, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah it's but again, yeah, again, if you're 17, you have sex with a 19 year old. Is a that lot of fucking people are calling. I mean, on Twitter, Twitter is like not necessarily. It's perfect for hypocrites. If you're a hypocrite, perfect for hypocrites. have fun. A lot of people shitting on the show Big Mouth, calling that like a pedophile show because it sexualizes young kids. 
but they're cartoons. And also, I'm like, I watched the show and I didn't see it like that. I thought yeah. it was funny because we are all, to an extent, sexual beings of when course. we're in high school, middle school. I jerked off constantly. Yeah, like, and and it's there's an innocence to it. Yeah, and this is an innocence that should not be preyed upon by these creepy old dudes. Yes, but it should also, be able to be talked about. It should be able to be talked about in art. Yes, like middle schooler to middle schooler the awakening and discovery of all of these awkward sexual things because it is such an awkward fucked up time and it's so embarrassing like like oh, those yeah. traumas those embarrassing traumas stick with you i i found catharsis watching big mouth sure. a lot of times cuz i was like yeah dude this was the worst when you time had ever. when you had 10th grade you had boners yeah. that wouldn't go away and shit and and you don't barely even understand what a boner is or like what the implications of it would mean and if someone saw you with it you will get teased mercilessly by everyone in school and uh yeah i think i think that's there is like an over protection or an over classification of things as pedophilic but also but you got the brian singer things and so much of hollywood is creepy and sexualizing kids so much i mean horror, yeah let, like, i mean we've I talked about that Let's just address the fact that you look at Netflix, you're like, Netflix, all you do is sexualize high school people. That's yeah. all you fucking do, men and women. Uh, like I can't have times I'm like, what's on Netflix? And there's a, a trailer comes up of a fucking sophomore in high school with his shirt off, like, hey, what's up, girl? And you're like, I don't want to look at this kid's fucking hairless chest. And porno is all like fucking teens. Oh. Teen, teen, Yeah, teen, it's a trillion teen. dollar industry of like stepdad porn and like barely legal porn. And all I can say is that all the people who are fucking throwing the stones, at least they have to, like, hold themselves accountable to their same standard. You know what I mean? Because there's and some I think creepy motherfuckers out there. Somewhat, it comes down to capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> capitalism yes. is a societal manifestation of the id. Interesting. Yeah. And, like, fair. communism would be pure superego. Mm-hmm. Right? And neither is valid. Yes. Because to deny that we are animalistic yes. and lack integrity and possess evil, right? Like, you look at examples of communism, they turn into authoritarian hellscapes because corruption exists regardless. Because of the ring of power. You give anyone the ring of power, they're, the ring of power. Fucking, they're not going to throw it in the volcano unless they're a hobbit, and hobbits don't exist. Even the hobbit didn't Even the Hobbit the got fucked up. Yeah. He had to be tackled into the volcano yeah. by this other creature. It was it was a mistake. That's it was true. involuntary. And he was the closest we got to throwing he it away. Possessed more resistance to the Ring of Power than any other character, and, and in the end, he still succumbed it. to it. Yeah. So I think that's a great that's a great example. Yeah. There is no everyone's everyone's a piece of shit, and everyone given the Ring of Power is going. And I find that a lot of the stuff Me happens too. with these online Twitter mobs is people are looking at someone holding the ring of power and going like, I would never do that with the ring of power. Yes. Give me the ring of power. I would yes. never do that. Bingo. Yeah, you would, motherfucker. You I would. think that is the problem with overly overly judging anyone yes. with the ring of power. It just sucks that the ring of power apparently means you got to fuck people underage. I don't know why it always <sighs> leads back to that. God damn. It's that, so gross. The orcs of Mordor were a... <laughs> and metaphor for Hollywood pedophiles. And by the way, the ring of power is of underage vagina. I have, the, I the have, I have Sauron. I, <laughs> it's the shape of a 
You're right. Teen Veg. It's By the way, up. I have a bit on YouTube about a girl calling me daddy. For the record, she was 26. Of course, yeah. Which is, does that make me creepy? Maybe a little. I don't know. Right. But she was 26. So, you know, that's about as young as, I, I've, as I've I've gotten think, in I years. I think you're allowed to have sex with someone in their mid-20s. Yes. If you don't have agency in your mid-20s, that's, I mean, hey. Yeah. 21, I personally please. would never have sex with someone under 21. I just don't think that's wise. Yes. If they can't drink with you in a bar, then that's fair. Then you're caught. You're cutting it I close. Think, I think Cook. twenty. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think twenty-one is like a good. If you're an adult who's like above 25, 21 should be your absolute lowest you go. Just right. From a moral sense, not right. a legal sense, because the the legality, as we've established, is ba- is been established by creepy fucking men. Who want to go as young as they can if without getting in trouble? If you're 33 and you're having sex with an 18-year-old, regardless of legality, that is a predatory mindset. I agree. You are not on an equal playing field with that person. I agree. Mentally, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And and if so you're th- if you're asking their age, if she's not walking into the bar with you, you know. Yeah, that's fair, and that's the problem with you're social. Drinking I always thought that like Twitter, Instagram for for a while, I thought that you had to be 18 to have them. And now mm. it's like you could be, I think, didn't they used to have an age limit for those things? I don't remember. I think it maybe was a teen thing. I don't remember. But it does set up a situation where a lot of people just to fuck with you. Could, I mean, I had a situation that happened fucking recently where a girl who is a comedy producer was like, said, say, hey, what's up? She slid into my DMs. Uh-huh. And I said, hey, you should produce my comedy special. Something like she that. She said that to you? I said that to her. Oh, okay. She goes, there, it goes, if you want to get me pregnant, there's a lot of other ways to try to do it. And so I said, oh, this is the conversation she wants to have. Oh, she's, she makes it sexual. And it bummed me out, right? And I was like, oh, great. And so I said, That's well, where you got to grab a screenshot. Yeah. Oh, I did. Yeah, smart. Because this is what happened. I go, and meanwhile, this girl, I think she's like 30. Okay, so the age thing, again, not an issue. Sure. But I go, I said something back, and she said something, and I said, well, you know, I really just want. I go. I go. Okay, fine. Send me nudes. Like, uh-huh. in my mind, a joke. Then she did a recording. She's like, "Oh my god, you're so hot!" Huh, huh, huh. And she like faked an orgasm or something like that. Okay. But then she made a joke about. It. I said, "Oh, that's funny," <laughs> and uh, or something. And uh-huh. then she blocked me. Okay. Weird. So check it out. Okay. So then I posted something on Facebook about I forget what it is. Some post on Facebook, and then a girl who used to work around here. At the Laugh Factor comic, she goes, "Oh, blah blah blah." Here you are asking my friend for nudes. Mm. So I con- I contact her. And I go, "Hey," and I I go, "What is this about?" And she goes, "Well, my friend said that you were." I go, "Here's a screenshot of the conversation." And she was like, "Holy shit! I'm so sorry, my friend did that. That was really fucked up that she did that." Whew. I'm and I said, you. well, good. Tell her that it was fucked up she did that and tell her I'm not that fucking guy and tell her what she did was fucking wrong. Oh, totally. And she and she con- told her friend that. She said, don't. And she goes, why did you do that? And the friend goes, that's abuse. It and is. That should and the be, girl yeah. says, well, I just looked at him. I just thought he was a douche and I wanted to trap him. She literally told my friend Haley that, who was the comic. Mm-hmm. Now, that is fucked up. But if this girl, she, I mean, that's a perfect example of someone who could hold on to a thing. And I had... N- zero interest in this person at they all. They came on to you. I mean, you gotta, you definitely gotta, 
And she lives Mark in Scotland, this girl. Strange. It's very weird. I mean, there's ring of power. Some some of these people on the flip side have now the ring of power of Twitter, right? Yeah. And some people are going to use that irresponsibly. I think this is more of a level playing field in terms of like you look at the amount of rapists, sexual assault cases that get away. Men had the ring of power for a long time. Now, and that's violence. That's violence against women. Yeah. Historic violence against women. And now women have a weapon to use back. And Which is good. It's good. It's it's a it sucks that it seems like there's very little defense for women and there's very little defense for men. It yeah. seems like men have offense and women have offense. Yes. And and m- sometimes motherfuckers are gonna get scored on. Yeah, and, it's uh, good. And I think it's also good that if I look at it and I'm honest with myself, I have to go look. Yeah, this puts more onus onus on me to have more integrity and to behave better. Yes. And even if I look at this ex- example where I go, okay, sad news. Even though I knew I was joking and she started a sexual conversation, it's still like I should be I should be smarter than that, even as a joke at this point in my life. To know that like someone could could have intentions that are wrong it's my fault for misjudging this stranger as someone who's deliberately trying to fuck with me i in general i play it pretty fucking safe online like i i was in that one viral video so i ended up getting like a thousand and a half fans. what viral video is on jubilee got a couple million views what do you do it's like a speed dating show and i win because I'm playing the piano and I'm singing like Ooby Scooby Dooby, da 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 da. So I won and I got a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of girls followed me. I said I loved you in that video, and a lot of them were underage. So I was from the jump, I was kind of like a little creeped out by that, uh, and I was like, I'm definitely not gonna say anything inappropriate or sexual to anyone that I do not know. Yes. Because I don't know any of these people. Yes. And they could be contact me for any reason. Well, another question is, is it is it should you even have any conversation with anyone underage? I did respond to all of them, though, because I want to retain that fandom. Of course. I, but I just, I'll be like, thank you so much. I am flattered that you liked the video. Yes. Thanks for following me. And that's how it should be, of and course. And I'm out, right? Yeah. No, and if they, if they push it too far, I don't, I you stop don't respond. responding. Yeah. There's one girl who is definitely of age who is super cute that I did end up following back. And sometimes I message with her. <laughs> but... That is a little different. Maybe not. Maybe I'm putting myself at risk, but I'm still not saying anything creepy. I'm just being like, "Yeah, hey, what up? <laughs> 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 but fuck, man, maybe I shouldn't even do that. Yeah, I don't. I mean, t- Tommy, well, she's I think it's hot and legal. And, yeah. and by legal, I mean like mid-20s. So I'm like, damn. Yeah. Well, t- I mean, you can't, <laughs> you can't live in a world where you're not allowed to flirt with boy. people. You can't be the bubble boy. But, ugh, but life outside the bubble <laughs> it's crazy. You just gotta ride ride the bull. And I think it's also one of these. I mean, I've had I've had f- famous people contact me after all this shit went down in the comedy world, who like they wouldn't like we texted. And they're like, I'm not gonna text, and they would leave me video messages on WhatsApp because they felt that the text could be screenshotted. That's what Delia was doing on Snapchat. What was he doing? He was he was contacting girls through Snapchat. Did you not see the video? That oh, where he's out? he learns that you can record Snapchat. Yeah. But that's a perfect example. So he goes, Huh, 
And he goes, oh, fuck, obviously. He's going, right. oh, fuck, in his head. But same time, are there dispositive examples of this happening? Are these screen recordings exist of him hitting up underage girls on Snapchat? Because if those videos uh-huh. of him don't exist or no one's come forward with it, then what does that video really prove? Other than in general, like, huh, that's weird that you could do that. Because make, people might seem like this is proof he's a pedophile because his reaction to the Snapchat comment. But yep. no one came out with a Snapchat video of him being gross. True. There's no... Yeah. And part, like, I, you know, I like Chris because I've been friends with him. So part of me wants him to be okay as a human being and wants him to get better and wants him to kind of overcome this weird compulsive, compulsive disorder he has. But at the same time, like, I also want the people who are accusing him to actually come forward with stuff that really proves I got a their case. What proved the Louis case? What evidence well, was there? The funny thing about the Louis case is he basically said everything these girls said was true. So mm-hmm. he corroborated it. So in his apology, he ad- he even admitted to jerking off over the phone with this girl, which is something seems like you could at least be like, no, I was changing my fucking, you know, blinds. Or you could just say, no, that didn't happen. I mean, it's a phone call. But he basically admitted to it. And I think, ironically, is him admitting it and taking full responsibility just sunk him. Because he could have said, I mean, look, Jamie Foxx was accused of like, like hitting a girl in the face with his dick in Vegas and it became a thing and he just went, nah, and then it was over. Hmm. There's a lot of stuff that happened during the Me Too stuff where people just went, nah, that didn't happen and for and somehow just it went by. away. Damn. Well, I, I think Louie, for as creepy and fucking gross as what he did is, has a certain degree of integrity. You know what I mean? The fact that he copped to it? He copped to it. He took that shit. I'll bet anything that Chris D'Elia has done same level, if not worse shit, based on the amount of yes. accusations. And I don't I don't necessarily think I don't think people are gonna let it slide. Well I mean, also because even if you remove the underage thing, there's also he took his dick out at a hotel worker, he took his dick out to these other two girls, and like that seems like okay, if you take your dick out without someone asking and look, I gotta be honest with you, when I watched the Netflix special and he goes Yo, white guys have to keep their dick in their pants a lot more. Yo, I keep my dick zipped up. I'm like, you're lying, dude. You're fucking lying. Don't tell me you keep your dick zipped in your pants because now you're just now your whole act is bullshit. Mm. Like, at least be honest. Like, at least say I try to keep my dick in my pants. Or in general, don't just say no, dude. I just fuck it. I I piss myself. Like, now your whole act's <sighs> Man, a lie. It kind of it sucks to be like where you do keep yourself in this childlike state. As a comedian, and I like I liked Crystalia's comedy quite a bit. Me too. I liked how silly it was. Yes. I like he's in this vein of comedy that's kind of absurdist, silly, silly, fun boy. Like, yeah. I'm just gonna talk about silly shit that's stupid. And I'm gonna be funny about it, and uh, that's how most of my favorite comics are. And you look at that and you think, is there a degree of intentionally stunting your own maturity it's like regression in service of the ego as i took regression one college class in service of the ego i like that look phrase. that one up for you that's some jung <laughs> <laughs> and it is that's what comedians and artists because i was in art school and we took like an art psychology yeah and this is kind of an ex- exploration of what artists do and it is regression in service of the ego we do intentionally put our mind into a childlike state so that we can observe the world and make art 
that is innocent and beautiful. But you got to draw that line between the art and your personal life, which he clearly maybe did not do. Yeah. Because he's acting like a kid all the time. Yeah, of course. That's what comedians do. We act like we're 18-year-olds up until we're fucking 80. Mel Brooks, still like that. He's still funny. He's pure, and that's what I liked about it. I like, oh, this is a group of adults that aren't so fucking stick-up-their-ass, boring, nonsense, yeah, business suit pieces of shit. I yeah, I used to have the bit where I talked about like I go I go like once I turned like thirty eight, I feel like I went from cool to creepy. Like I was doing the same, sh- I was single, mm-hmm. doing the same shit, like hooking up, having fun, blah 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 blah. Yeah, and it was cool. And then I hit thirty eight, and all of a sudden it, be- it like there's a line where it became creepy. And I go, but I go, but the thing about creepy, if you just stay in the pocket with the creepy, and then you like hit your fifties, then you're young at heart again. And then everyone oh, loves funny. people who are young at heart, right? If you're 60 and you're out there partying, and have, that guy's young at heart. If you're 42 doing it, it's like, ooh, he's creepy. That's funny. That is, that's a good, you're, that's true. There is a pocket yeah. of creeping. I mean, old men can still be creepy if but you're creeping look, on young oh, girls. But even if like if someone's like 70 and they're like, eh, they're out at the party, they're like, oh, that, that cute old man at the party. Right. But there's this weird like thirty eight to <laughs> cute old man at the party thirty eight to forty nine where it's like you're just a fucking creep if you're not married. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're fifty five, you're not married. You're just young at heart. You're just a fun loving guy. There is there is a, uh, a forty like a forty eight year old is like divorced dad energy. <laughs> it's different. It is. Yeah. It's kind of like men going their own way. Oh, dude. <laughs> energy. You know the men going their own way. You know, like, some of my shit has gone viral on the men going their own way sites. Isn't yeah, that fucking man. weird? Like, these incels are like, yeah, Bill, tell them. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Do you ever look at the makeup of the audience and question the material? Do you ever look at, like, oh, I've garnered a large amount of fans that I wouldn't necessarily relate to, yeah. but they are relating to my material. Do you ever look at that and say, should I adjust the material? Of course, of course. I do think that I look at how I want to move forward now with this break mm-hmm. and everything that's happening. I look at how I want to move forward with my stand-up in my life, and I go, I definitely want to um, be more nuanced in how I address stuff. I want to make sure I'm I'm being more uh, I'm protecting minorities and women more in my and my and my material yeah while trying to make it equally funny right that seems to be the challenge like i used to have my favorite joke involved you know i'd be like oh i'd never say the n-word it's offensive to black people i don't say the c-word it's offensive to cunts and i, I don't want to say that anymore right yeah because i feel that jokes like that do nothing as much as i appreciate the structure of it i realize it it can be harmful in a way like i don't want to use that word anymore i don't yeah. want to use the c-word anymore in my act even though it makes me feel kind of like <laughs> it's an epic dunk. Yeah, it's an epic dunk. Especially, I've seen you sometimes weaponize that one on a heckler, like yes. someone who is intentionally yes. making the show bad, intentionally. Maybe maybe they're drunk. Who knows? But they are they're ruining the show for the audience. So traditionally, the comic dunks, and yes. this is like an epic dunk you have in your back pocket. But it is. But, but it I is don't think I'll do it anymore. Maybe harmful. Yeah, so I have looked at it and I go, I think I have to be more responsible with my comedy. And even stuff, even jokes I have that are fun jokes I do in, in like urban rooms and black rooms, 
that black people find hilarious if if I feel now I have to re-examine that stuff and go, maybe I shouldn't even do, even if it's a joke about black guys having big dicks, maybe that's like, uh, even if I think it's a joke about black people, but that is true to like when I played uh, football in high school mm-hmm. and being in the locker room, which is based on my personal experience. Even that feels like maybe it's a bit hacky and reductionist, even though it speaks to an experience I had authentically. Yeah. So I just go, I got I got to be, and particularly when it becomes, when it comes to women, I think I have to be a lot more sensitive in terms of what effect my material can have on women who have been victimized in their life. And I have to look at that, even though I don't feel I've ever victimized a woman, I have to look at that and go, I got to be more careful because the, the thing that got viral on the MGTOW sites yeah. was a bit after I went through a bad breakup. Yes. And I was just like up there. I was like, oh, stay single. Fuck everything. Don't yeah, fucking. Yeah. That was the bit. If you ever saw that I've bit. I've seen that bit. It's a good and bit. It, and it, and it, was ba- it was it was like a week after a breakup about fucking relationships are bullshit. They don't work. <sighs> Be your own fucking person. And that became viral on these sites. It's tricky because like as men, sometimes I think there are times where emotions against women exist right like let's say you get broken up with or a woman betrays you or massively hurts your feelings i mean i i have a little bit of incel energy in high school in uh, like early college i was not getting laid i still respected women but i did hold a resentment uh because i wasn't because i didn't really understand how to get laid i was figuring a lot of shit out yeah and and I remember watching a lot of stand-up comedy that was, like, critical of how women are and relating to it. Even, I think I saw your bit when I was younger on YouTube. I was watching all those. And, um, and I think that there is something that can be healing about, about, like, watching a really articulate, talented stand-up comedian speak up for you as, as a, like, a... White men obviously have a lot of power in society, but there are times where we don't have a voice that is that is consoling us for our unique benign white guy problems. You know what I mean? So that is nice. But then I feel like that also kind of led me further down the hole of not getting laid and maybe resenting women instead yeah. of kind of educating me about maybe what I was doing to to add to that problem yeah you know like like bill burr's early specials i think a lot of young guys fucking eat that shit up yeah because you know he's he's like super critical of women yeah and i I remember thinking what about gold digging horse right about the epidemic of gold digging horse it's like no one's why is no one laughing no one's saying that but it is true and it is like men have problems too but then uh I think it can get easy in that way to get kind of trapped in your own bullshit world of like your own problems and ignore the fact that that by playing into these problems and by keeping such a small tunnel vision, yeah, you are allowing much worse problems to happen sure. and you are adding to them. Yeah, and I think that, you know, the fact that I have a super woke um uh daughter who's on the rainbow mm-hmm. makes me feel more of an obligation to make sure that I am more responsible with what I say. I think a lot of comics are, 
I saw a podcast with Eric Griffin on it past couple days where he was like he was like unloading about how like he his perception of how he was treating women in comedy was way wrong and how he was going to make a lot of changes about like he can't be hitting on younger female comics and inviting them on the road or some shit like that yeah and he, he he has to be conscious of how like comedy is a work environment and how he was kind of like you said that yeah he was good. being really casual about some shit and yeah and he was like flirting because he was trying to get laid but he wasn't thinking about it from the woman's perspective and it was interesting to listen to because i think that that is how a lot of male comics in his age range had been behaving and acting yeah so it was interesting to hear him kind of open up about that yeah some of the shit you were like damn what what were you up to but also well, I think it was, you know, a growth moment. I mean, I so think it can that, only be positive. I think that w- women have thought that Eric Griffin would, he'll take me on the road if I sleep with him. That was something I've heard before. Right. Whether he said that or not, I think it was a thing that women felt they got from him. That oh, if I slept with him, he'd take me on the road. Which, and maybe, and know. it seemed like from what he was saying, like he didn't even see an issue with that. Yeah. He's not led as like I'm, glad I'm not forcing anyone to do anything. I'm not assaulting anyone. I'm just, you know, and he he talked about it. He was like, I didn't have, I wasn't getting laid a lot. I started comedy at 30, and now all of a sudden I have this clout, and women want to sleep with me. And it's like, yeah, I was I was trying to get laid, you know? I'm glad he said that. That's really kind of cool that he said that. I hope it doesn't fucking mean that he gets canceled because he admitted to it. He didn't admit to anything other than that he had been... A little irresponsible. Irresponsible. That he had been like flirting with people in the DMs. Yeah. He he made it. He described it as like, uh, if you're a guy and you got a line that works, three out of ten times, you're gonna shoot it like basketball. Yeah. Right. And now he's saying, I'm starting to think about the seven out of ten times it doesn't work. I've made this person very uncomfortable. Yes. Right. And now he's realizing that uh, that is also something to equally consider before you. Yeah. Throw so out that line. So that's li- like, again, like everything's happening in America right now with Black Lives Matter. It's all good because yeah. it's all being flushed to the surface. Yeah. And people are going to have to be a little bit more sensitive and more compassionate. On the flip side, the people who are being victimized hopefully also have a sense of compassion about what's happening and understand that, like, yeah, people have yeah. been shitty and we should give them a chance to make it better. I you know? also hope that that is the case, although, you know, hurt people <laughs> hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people, so, for sure. There will be a lot more hurt people before this is all over. Yes, and I think that should be the end of our podcast, Tom. We've talked for about seven hours. Maybe we'll make this a two-part. Really? No, not seven oh. hours, but I think it's been like two. Really? Yeah, Damn. at least. All right, you guys, thank you so much, Tommy Wakefield. Goodbye. Signing off from the afterlife.